Okay, we're here with Raptors head coach Nick Nurse. Uh, Nick, you know, first off, uh, how's preseason been? How's offseason been? It seems like, um, you know, your players have been very busy. Um, I was speaking to Kem and Chris, and they kind of described it as this is like the third training camp. So uh, how's it been so far? Yeah, I mean, I think from, um, you know, my standpoint, good learning summer. I always take a lot away from the Canadian national team experience from a coaching perspective and, and growing, um, learning my craft better and things like that. So um, even though it is time consuming, I really find it super valuable mm-hmm. um, for me and the staff. We've got four other members of the staff that are involved as well. So that a gives that some nice continuity and gives them learning and growth opportunities too. Um, and yeah, from as far as the, the Chris and Kim and those guys and everybody else, it was a hard working summer, right. probably as hard a working one as we've had. Um, I liked a lot of um, just the commitment, the, um, well, I would just think, I just think that the level of uh, intensity and, and stuff that everybody was putting into the off season was was on a special level mm-hmm, right i mm-hmm. just just stood out to me a lot more this summer uh for whatever reason so it's good i think it's you know that's the way to do it man if you're going to work work hard and do it at game speed and and stay consistent with it and i think the guys had a pretty good summer yeah yeah i mean uh even looking at something like the rico Hines runs which obviously are public available and you can watch them on youtube and stuff like that like the players are telling me that even before those runs, there was a practice before that, you know. So I think preparation for this team is has been, you know, uh, as you mentioned, as strong as possible. Uh, one thing, actually, I was looking at the offseason. So you took a trip to Hungary, right? And um, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, a lot of the, the training sessions that you did with the aspiring coaches in Hungary uh, were actually posted on YouTube. And I thought those were really interesting uh, interviews and, and even just training sessions that you sort of put those aspiring coaches through. And one thing I thought that was super interesting, and I would love for you to retell this story, is you were telling me, um, the coaches there about something called the ZMT defense. So can you describe just quickly what the ZMT defense was yeah, well, and why you got it? Yeah, well, it was just kind of a made-up thing that we did. We decided we were going to uh, – we were playing the London Towers, and they had two guys, Steve Bucknell and Danny Lewis, who were like – did all the scoring and all the assisting. And I was, I was maybe 27 years old at the time, and I knew we had to go through them to – to win mm-hmm. in that league and we, we decided to do was uh just try to take those two guys totally out of the game we had two guys guard them man to man for about three minutes and subbed in two new fresh bodies uh-huh. to guard them 94 feet we were in kind of a triangle and two um but the top of the guy was also the trapper which is where the t came from right. so we had two guys in man two guys in zone and one guy was a trapper so I think I think that was kind of a joke. They were calling it zoner, man, or trapper. My team was, so we we didn't think that sounded too smooth. So so we cut it down to ZMT. So yeah. that's where that came from. Yeah. No, it's really cool because when I heard you tell the story, I was like, this makes perfect sense. Like that you were this person who's gonna come up with a ZMT defense to beat a team in London is going to be eventually one person that's gonna play a box and one in the finals, right? And that's sort of been your calling card as a coach is sort of that creativity that you've shown uh, on the defensive end. And my curiosity is just like, how do you get the players to buy into that? Especially, you know, at the NBA level, you probably have less of that happening. And I remember even one time pregame where I asked you like, hey, your team's getting zoned a lot. You're usually the team doing the zoning. You know, why is that? And you kind of, (laughs) I think your answer was sort of like, who do you think started all the zone stuff, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, just how hard is it to get players to buy into some of those sort of more radical concepts defensively? Well, um, 
I mean, it's a bit of a process, right? I mean, I think that, first of all, we um, ask them to be open-minded at the start of the season, right? It's always something we touch on in our preseason meetings with the team. Um, I'm not sure the, the first time we did it, they understood what that meant, right? But I think then you start getting in there. And, and we, had, we had a couple things, you know, pretty fortunate go our way. And, you know, I think, I think one of the first games we were down 17 in Memphis when we went to the zone early in my, my first year. And I think we ended up winning by about 17 in the end. It, like, totally turned the game around so that, they, you know, all of a sudden you, 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 t- you, know, you do something, you know, that was kind of not planned or unexpected or whatever. You have some success with it. That helps the buy-in part of it, right? Um, you know, and even the boxing one thing, I, like, I just I never thought about it or discussed it or worked, thought about using it. It just came, it came, you know, right at the moment, and I went to Kyle and said, here's what, here's what I'm thinking about doing. And he goes, you know, enjoy. I said, Freddie's going to guard him, and you're going to go here and this and that. And Kyle said, looks awesome. And he went in the huddle and sold it to the rest of the guys. So just not like anything with with – probably any industry or any any field right there's an idea and then you gotta you gotta work your way through how it's gonna you know get uh to the floor for us or or on the you know on the board whatever and um then the guy's got to go execute it so and you know and i always tell them too we're gonna do some stuff i don't even know what stuff we're gonna do this year like I, I don't know every year it changes. It comes from, you know, the flow of the offense changes. The things we're doing on defense changes. But it'll probably be something new and, and different and probably out there a little bit. But we'll, we'll do it, and we'll, we're, not, we're not just doing it to do it. Like, if it doesn't work, we crumple it up and throw mm-hmm. it in the garbage can as quick as we can and move on to something else. Right. No, that makes sense. And I think that flexibility is sort of like why a lot of – fans and even people around the league really appreciate it right i was looking at the the gm survey that they do every year and you know you were voted among the highest in terms of just like best coaches in the league best in-game adjustments both offensively especially defensively though i think that's where i think opposing gms were like this nick guy is very clever in terms of how they sort of play against our team yeah, i and, really like coaching defense i've, I've yeah. like i think every year that goes by i mean i was kind of known there for a while as this offensive guy right i was i, think I was gonna say i, I really like defense and, and it, each year again gets I, I get more intrigued with studying how to stop people i think than i do with you know tricky plays you know things yeah. like that yeah well it's interesting because i was you know in your book you sort of detailed that like you know way way back back when when brian colangelo made the call and sort of you know brought you into the staff that was already here and the idea was sort of like you know you 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 show them the offensive shot spectrum and back then sort of like you know that was still coming into the league of like threes are good layups are good corner threes are good free throws are good middle you know mid-range less good you know that kind of stuff and and i think that was sort of the reputation for a long time but as we have seen since you become a head coach like the raptors are consistently great defensively like top five even last season i think maybe at the end of the year you guys finished top 10 but basically from january first onward everyone got healthy ish you know and you guys were top five the rest of the way so you know I was thinking about in terms of the way you structure the team's defense one thing I always hear about in your interviews is sort of the emphasis put on ball pressure and also um, even just the extra defensive attention that you guys will send towards um, opposing star players correct me if I'm wrong obviously you know way more Mm -hmm. about basketball but it feels like your team in particular is very willing to pressure the ball, double the ball, make other guys beat you, that kind of philosophy. And I think my question is that, like, why specifically do you design this team to be so aggressive on defense? Is there something special that you like from the roster? Uh, Or is that just sort of the only way you can really stop some of the best players in the league nowadays? 
No, I mean, I think that um, it's just what I believe in, right? Okay. I just, I just believe that the ball needs to be pressured. If the ball's not pressured, then a lot of bad things can happen to you, mm -hmm. right? And pressuring the ball can um, not only let a lot of good things happen for your defense, but it can cover up a lot of other bad stuff that's happening behind it. Right, right. Right. So right. so there's like, you know, there's there's a lot to be gained from ball pressure. It's not easy to do. It's hard work. There's you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. It certainly promotes a few other things when you're you know, you're you're stretched out on the floor a little more sometimes. Um gotta really keep working on our technique and our you know, our keeping people in front from a from a technique and fundamental standpoint and you know, that usually grows throughout the mm -hmm. year. Like like right now, I would tell you, I don't like our technique keeping the ball in front. But okay, I know that'll yeah. grow, you know, I know that grows and that'll that'll get can continue to get better and stuff like that. So it, it doesn't mean you, you know, like like we're gonna say, Oh, well, let's back up and just give them a cushion and try to right. do it, keep them in front and all this. So we we don't we refuse to do that. Like mm -hmm. like we we just keep trying to teach the technique better. Well, I mean, how much of that is also in terms of playing defense to also spark your offense, right? Because yeah, one, sure. one thing you notice is just like you guys are always top three at minimum in terms of transition points, deflections. Yep. And, you know, it's, it's something that happens a lot. I don't know how much you follow soccer at all, but it's like pressing in soccer is such a big thing, not only defensively to win the ball back, but to win the ball high up the field mm -hmm. so you have a great scoring chance. Is, this, is that sort of like some of the inspiration here in terms of the way you guys play? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, I think that um... – um, a, if we're going to ask them to play this much defense, it's got to translate into some offense. Like there's right. got to be some reward, like immediate, like yeah. in, in, in waves at times and momentum changing rewards, uh, at times as well. Um, again, I think it just, you know, it really goes back to, we believe in it. We think it's the only real competitive way to play, right? Like, like aggressive, like, like we're coming at you and, and, you know, that's just what we're going to do. Um, mm -hmm. And, yeah, I'm glad it translates. It needs to translate into more transition offense, right? Always more and higher rates yeah. of finish and things like that. Yep. Well, look, on the offensive side of the ball, I think if there's any critiques at all about your coaching that I see, mm -hmm. right, um, it's also just like, you know, the half-court scoring, right? Last season, yeah. even though the team was very successful, half-court scoring wasn't necessarily the strength of the team. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you specific ways in terms of how to improve the offense, but I think one thing that maybe is even hard for you to necessarily do is just the, the shooting on the team, right? You have a lot of new guys who are, let's say their 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 skills are not necessarily number one in terms of shooting, right? Um, and my question on that is just like, is that sort of a philosophy that the team has that you guys believe you guys, that shooting is fundamentally a developable skill? <laughs> Well, I think it is. I mean, it's not. I mean, you easy. literally wrote a book. About yeah, no, it. it's not, it's not easy, right? It's a process that that you know takes a lot of people, a lot of belief, a lot of time. You know, some time. You know, it isn't like you can, you can you know say you know, oh, here's a guy, and uh, I'll have him, I'll have him shooting threes at forty percent by next week. Just get come, get back to me, right? I mean, it's like yeah. it, it's a, it's a, we think we can do it. We think we, you know, you have to do it, like just for their skill development and their own development like you know always being a better shooter is going to keep you on the floor keep you in the league or whatever um so that that's one part of it and yeah i mean listen our roster isn't necessarily um loaded with a whole bunch of guys that are just you know like dead-eye shooters or mm -hmm. marksmen from three that's what they do they're they're probably lean the other way that they're long athletic and play hard and it's up to us to try to figure it out from there well, I mean, I want to ask your specific role on that, right? Because 
Um, you know, I remember one time, even last season, um, I was here sort of waiting along with the reporters, and uh, I think it was Isaac Bongo who was working on his form shooting, yeah. and you came over and you gave him one of your Nick Nurse pills, right? The, the balls that you sort of designed to sort of teach people how to shoot. Is So what is your specific role in sort of teaching the players and sort of upgrading their shooting technique? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I uh, almost always grab uh, a new guy uh, right away. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I usually just let them come in and do their thing and keep an eye, you know, watch them. And then when I see that there's a change to be made, then I grab them and do it. Right. And, and then usually I'll do it again with one of the player development coaches so they know what, what, what we're teaching. And, and then we, you know, we pass that all the way through our reports and all the way through the staff and things like that. Um, and then it just becomes a huge process of, of um i mean it's it's you know it's kind of laid out what we do next you know where the steps go and all that kind of stuff and not only is the technique important but building the the mental side and the confidence also plays a huge role in that right, and, right. and um that's it i mean listen we we've all worked together to design the plan i get out there when i when i see something that needs to be changed right right the only reason i ask is again like i mentioned you literally yep. <laughs> wrote a book on this i actually yep. purchased that book and yep. actually started working on it genuinely i can say uh, there were real tangible improvements i don't think i can shoot threes yet but free throws and mid-range stuff like that it really did help and i think my question to you is just like like uh what's the biggest success story that you've sort of seen out of that in terms of from your own development in terms of the shooting and everything like that on the team or maybe not necessarily uh, on the team but yeah you know. i mean I, that's a tough one there i think there's a whole bunch of them yeah. right like um i'd probably say pascal though yeah yeah, I mean, Pascal was like, I don't know, I think he made three threes in college, something yeah. like three for 18 or three for 12 or something like that, right? And and now he's a, you know, he, he can shoot him out there. He's a threat. Um, he go, You know, he goes through some streaks and things like that. But he, he was literally like day after the season ended, we said, Chain, we're going to completely redo this thing. He redid it, and and he just went to work on it. Like mm-hmm. he just literally like understood, went to work, and and um, you know went from I think you would say a total non-shooter to a pretty good shooter. And you know that isn't yeah. easy to do, right? So that's a good one. I mean Norman Powell shot twenty-five percent in college. He's shooting like forty in the league now. You know yeah. like Freddie's numbers are way up. I mean there's a there's a whole bunch of them. I think you know that made some kind of improvement. Yeah. All right. Well. Listen, they're literally giving us the wrap-up signal. Yeah, so, okay. Nick, I, honestly, I would love to talk just hoops with you for hours, if you would ever yeah. allow. But uh, I want to thank you for your time. I want to say best of luck on the season. You know, Thanks and a lot. Um, Yeah, thank you for your time. Yep, again. Thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it. Thank you.